Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Let's get it started in here. And the bass keeps running, running, and running. Five Welcome, everybody. I'm your host, Roz, here at the opening line on the Believe Podcast Network. Do you believe? If so, it's time to get started. Let's go. Let's get it started. Let's get it started. What's up? What's up, everybody? Happy Majors Week from the opening line. Of course, you are here with your boys, Wits and Roz. Another week, episode 12. Very excited. We have Jared Rubin coming on the show to talk the PGA Championship with us. But we thought we'd do something special since we got a bunch of questions this week on iTunes. And as I stated, if we get questions on iTunes, you will get the shout out as well as hear us answer these questions. This isn't as uh, scary to wits. I know I put wits in a corner last week with the Justin Bieber question. And we might be avoiding a wits' corner this week. But wits, we do have a couple of questions on the iTunes platform First one's interesting because it combines not, both of us. You're not even going to introduce let – me, let me introduce myself. I mean, each week you take all the thunder at the start. I, you know what? I think that's because that's the host in me. I think I like – and I'm a, I'm a greedy host. I think I like that. All right, you're, you're a greedy host. I'm going to let you go on, but I just <laughs> want to be heard. Which you, wants to be heard? Wits, give me, the, give me the word of the day. The word of the day is – is lottery, and we'll talk about it later. Wow, but he's exciting. We're like a HBO show setting up a foreshadowing. This is like Aria and the Green Eyes and Westworld and whatever happens in Westworld since both of us stopped watching that show. Let's not – don't get me confused with Westworld. Let's not talk about Westworld right now. <laughs> right. We're way behind on that front. But Wits, this first question gets the best of both of us uh, because you were the former baseball player. I'm still the current NBA prospect that I am. But here's our first question. playing at your varsity basketball, is that what I heard? Yeah, yeah, whatever you just said. Um, But back to the question, so I don't have to answer that one. Luke Johnson asks, would you rather face Jordan Hicks fastball or Giannis off the dribble? Now, I know that's two very hard things, but I think there's an answer to this question. I think there's an obvious answer. It would definitely be facing a Jordan Hicks fastball because for me – I mean, for me, you could have taken an all-conference high school player, and I would have been. It would have been like I was facing Giannis. That's how bad at basketball I am. But at least baseball, I at least know what it's like a little bit to play with some of those guys. I've seen a 94 mile an hour fastball, and at that point, the ball actually makes noise as it's spinning and cutting through the air. So seeing 104, I mean, that would be awesome. Um, I think I would just I would swing no matter what the pitch was going to be. I'd get three strikes. So hopefully one of them was in the zone. Yeah, but 104 yeah. is this ball not whistling anymore. It's more like fuck you, and then right past you. <laughs> is that more yeah. what it's like? I mean, I don't think I'd even see it. I barely saw the 94. I did. I did follow one off though. I got a piece of it. But 104. I mean, I think I would just go up there and take hacks with my eyes closed because um, I don't think I'd be able to see the ball. But yeah, the honest question that'd be cool. But I mean. Like I said, take an 
take a decent high school player, I probably wouldn't be able to keep up with him for two steps. So it would be like I wouldn't even see him either. So I'd much rather do the baseball thing because I'm a baseball player. I'm going off. I'm going the Giannis route because in a hundred tries, obviously, I wouldn't be able to hit the Hicks fastball. And I, I'm going to give you some props. I think you could do it. But Giannis off the dribble to me. He doesn't have the best shot. Now, I'm not saying I'm going to be able to stop him from blowing by me, but I can wrap up. I can take a charge. I can get in his way enough to alter the shot other than potentially being dunked on. But if it is, if I'm in any way, shape, or form able to get him to step back, I'm in great shape. I'm at least coming away with like a 45% chance of at least getting an attempt at the rebound. I, I don't think uh, I don't think a seven-foot... NBA star is going to take a step back versus the 5'10 white guy who's not very athletic. Okay, well, first off, I'm beyond athletic. And third off, as I skip the second off, I, I think here it's, uh, it's a foul play. I think I, if I get the wrap-up, we're good. I think I send him the free-throw line. Once again, feeling pretty confident about his percentages there. I just don't allow the dunk, and I don't allow an easy layup. And I think I'm getting away with it. And I, you, it doesn't matter if you agree. I've seen you get dunked on at the sack center. So I, 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 a potential future guest. Way to segue there, Wits. Potential future guest, Duye Dukin, did dunk on me at the sack center. Just so everybody gets that story out of the way. We'll, we'll hash that out once we have him on the show. But Wits, we got to move on to our next question. This one is more tailored to me, but I'm curious what you think I would answer. The question is, Roz, would you be homeless for six months in exchange for a Packers Super Bowl? What do you think I'm answering here, Wits? I would say yes. I mean, you basically already are homeless. What do, what do you think? <laughs> you're on the beach, and you're going to work. You just need a car. That's it. I feel like you think I live in a shanty town, but I'm here in beautiful LA, where the weather is nice, the women are sweet, and uh, everything else around is fantastic. I'm going homeless. Yeah, absolutely. For a Packers Super Bowl, not. I don't even need to think twice about this. Six months on the road in a car. Maybe not even a card. I'd go to a shelter. I would understand. A shelter for six months. I'll be a Packers fan till the day I die. And I've, I've said this on this show. I would do pretty much anything for them. So going homeless for six months seems super, super easy for me, Wits, just to see a Super yeah. Bowl. Wits. Um, Wits take. The Packers will not win a Super Bowl in the next 20 years. Mark wow. it down today. I think today you're coming out hot, and I like it. I like that you're coming out, calling out my athleticism, throwing the Packers into a warm hole for the next 20 years. Keep it out, Wits, because I'm gonna you're gonna fire me up as we get this show going. But Wits, you watch The Bachelorette, you watch The Bachelor. That's well known. So this question is tailored to you. It has nothing to do with that show, but I just think knowing your passion for love and finding the next best thing, I think this is something you're going to be able to answer. It comes from Emily looking for love. She loves listening to our show. Always a good conversation. She wants to know which pro athlete do you think would make the best boyfriend? Chicks, chicks on sports. This is very exciting that we got a women's women's question here. That's a great question. There's a lot of great athletes out there. Right. Uh, But I've always, I've always been a fan of the golfers. I think they're the coolest out of all of them. And I know this is a popular guy we talked about in the show before, Ricky Fowler. I'm a big Ricky Fowler guy. Um, I think he'd make a great boyfriend. Seems like a fun guy. Um, and, yeah, I think he's taken now. Last time I checked, I'm not really big into the dating scene of pro athletes. But I think he'd be my number one pick if I had to take one. Well, you heard it here first, Emily. Ricky Fowler would be the best to date. And I know when you asked that question, you did not think we were going to pick a golfer. I mean, 
I'm assuming in your high school career you didn't even look at the golfers. I'm going to give you one that's a little bit more respectable. I'm going to go Aaron Rodgers. He's a sweetheart. He's oh. a good-looking man. He's willing to take care of you. He would pick you over his family if need be. Looking at the Stop. Olivia Munn situation. Um I'm going Aaron Rodgers, just just because I want it. Terrible out of all the athletes out there, that's the I'm one. Going Aaron Rodgers. That's terrible. Hundred percent. Um, at least take far. At least he's got <laughs> some spunk. Yeah, I mean, but and you'd already know what he looks like down low. Hey yo, Jen Sturger. Um, let's go to our final question. We have a bunch of questions, but I'm gonna cut us off at this point. This one's from Ken Ampler. You're the host, right? You're the I'm big the host. host. I, I get to dictate. You make all the decisions. Leave wits in the. In the background? I am leaving you in the background. I, I host, you answer, color commentary, whatever you want to call it. Ken Hampler wants to know, Wits, how long have we been friends? Mm. Oh. Too, too long. Too long, yeah. Uh, I think it started in eighth grade, so what that, that would make us about 14 uh, or 24 now. It's a decade. It's, it pains me to say it, but it's been about 10 years now. I'm doing the show for about three or four Um it's been too long. I think that's the only answer that we need wow. to say. See, I was going to say we became friends when we got to be the same height because there was a time in my middle school career where I was one of the taller kids. But at this point, I think me and you have been the same height since we've been friends, which could be eighth grade. So 13 years old. Um, I definitely was intimidated by wits when I first met him. We came from opposite elementary schools, which sounds freaking crazy that, that that's a rivalry of any standpoint. But uh was intimidated. He was a bruiser, kind of a big guy. Grudge holder. Definitely knew that about him. Uh, stayed on his good side as best as I could and just worked that one day. And then you get Wits and Ross. There's no better combination than Wits and Ross. Maybe a PB&J, but Wits and Ross is pretty freaking good. I, I like the grudge holder. I've had my fair share. You, you're, a, you're a beef guy. I'm more of a silent in the back. I hold grudges for multiple years at a time. You're more out in the open with your beefs. but Right. So that's so a get- bad combo. For the if somebody like crossed the both of us, you know. Oh yeah, I, I, I might not like somebody. I wouldn't tell them for ten years. Right, and I'd handle it in the first ten years. <laughs> I would just beef for them for ten years. Ten years, I feel everything's all good, and then Wits brings it up like, "Hey, remember that time you screwed me over?" And this guy's just <laughs> in a never-ending loop of Wits and Ross hatred. Wits is like an elephant. He forgives, but he never forgets. It's a fake wow. forgiveness. Not looking like an elephant anymore. You've cut a lot of weight. I gotta give you the love on that one. I'm going to Florida next week. Somebody's got to be in shape on the beach. Right. As I am ballooned back to the near 200 mark, we'll get into that in weeks to come as I will get back in shape. But it is now time to bring our friend on, Jared Rubin. Before we get there, I want to thank White Claw. We just ran into them this week. We're going to be working a sponsorship deal with White Claw. We also have some exciting guests coming up along the way. But let's get to today's guest, Jared Rubin. What's up, everybody? We are back, and we are here joined by our golf expert. I don't care if he's not on ESPN or CBS, but he is our expert here on the opening line. It is Jared Rubin. How are we doing today, Jared? Doing good, guys. Good to be back. Another major around the corner. One of the four best sports weeks of the year, so great to be back on the show and hopefully we'll pick some winners for you yeah rube go give us a quick rundown because i don't want to be rude and i don't want to be too kind to you tell us how your master's pick went for everybody see if they uh, if you still have some love coming on from the show yeah they went pretty well i mean i had obviously the big cat tiger woods i was one of many people who had him but still picked the winner so that's pretty good 
Um, had a couple other good performers in there, a few other top 10, top 15. So overall, Masters went pretty well, a lot better than the uh, Players' Championship, which went almost as bad as it could have for my guys. But, uh, True or false, right you direction. and Xander are near the bottom. I'm right in the middle now. Mm, you can't spill middle without Ethan when you look at the bracket. Okay. I just just wanted to put that out there. So I'm uh, I'm saying you're on the lower end. I'm calling you out. Yeah. Well, I made a big big comeback after the PGA when I was second to last. So um, we're trending the right direction. Well, don't don't talk bad about second to last, Rook, because that's where uh, that's where I'm at in overall standings right now. Um, leaders at six million. I'm trailing the pack by a little bit, six hundred forty-six thousand. Uh, but I'm I'm a first and second away from being right back in the leaderboard. So I'm feeling good about my picks this week. We've got uh we got one golfer who all three of us are taking, so buyer beware. Buyer be beware is right. And Rube, <laughs> since you're our guest, how about we let you lead us off with your picks for this week's PGA championship? Who you're feeling in on having on your team, who's your favorite team member this week, and who is your least favorite but has some good prospects or potential? Okay. Um, well, let me start at the top. I think probably the most obvious choice in this tournament is Brooks Kepka. I think just his attitude and how this course sets up. I think, first of all, he's the best player in the world. Second of all, he plays the best in the majors. And third, he hits the ball as far, if not farther than anyone, and you need to be really long to contend here. So Brooks Kepka, easiest choice I've made all year in this pool. Um, and he is by far my number one pick here. Who's your least favorite uh, pick here? My least favorite, I got Patrick Cantlay in here. Um, I think he's a pretty good player. Um, I don't know if he has. He played well at the Masters, but kind of fell off at the end. I could kind of see something like that happening again, where I just don't know if he has what it takes to really can to really gear it in and win a major at this point. But He's definitely good enough to contend and be right there. So I'm throwing him in here. I don't think he's going to win, but. My question about that pick, it. though, are you like toe tapping when you have the opportunity to make an easy catch along the sideline, getting a little fancy here with the Cantley play? Or is there anything about his skill set that you're like, hey, he's coming into the PGA Championship. I kind of like what I see from him so far this season. Let's ride. I just like how he's played this year. I mean, he had a good showing at the Masters until the back nine, pretty much. Um, he obviously made that eagle and then kind of got a little scared being a, up at the lead and kind of fell back. But I just think a guy that can contend with Tiger and Brooks and Ricky at Augusta can back it up here. So I think there's a chance that he stays in there and has an outside shot at winning. But just in terms of a pure winner, I don't think he necessarily is there yet. Fair, and then fill us in on the middle guys and give us a little love about about them. Yeah, some other two guys, Jason Day, I think when he's healthy, is one of the best top five, ten players in the world. Um, that's a big if. He looks like he's about to fall apart in half the tournaments he plays. This but guy's on vertigo big, watch, like every, yeah, every watch major. Oh. And broken back and whatever else it is, but... I'm willing to take the chance that he'll get through all four rounds in one piece. Um, and if he does, then I think he's got a good shot. And then my fourth guy, which I don't love taking this guy because I don't like him, but I have Sergio Garcia. 
mainly because of his track record at Beth Page. I think he's got already like three or four top tens in his career at Beth Page. So I'm solely taking him just for his previous performance at the course. But if he has a bad week, I wouldn't be that mad because I don't like rooting for him. So. Wow, you're picking a guy you're not even going to be able to root for. If that's not a gambling addict, I, I don't know what it is. You got to pick twenty guys throughout the year, so sometimes you're not going to always have your favorite. So, well, which since you gave me a hard time about being the host of this show, instead of me jumping the gun and going before you, I thought it'd be nice of me to let you go after having our guest on. So, which. Like he did, give us your favorite team member and your least favorite team member, but try to give your least favorite team member a little bit of love. Okay, I can try to do that. Um, throwing analytics out the window here. This is just a field play. It's been a brutal first two tournaments for me, but I'm feeling really good about this one. I got four guys and top odds-wise out of 12. Feeling really great about my first pick. Like Rube said, Brooks Kepka, best golfer in the world, defending champion at the PGA Championship. Um, I don't think there's many guys who can p- compete with Brooks when he's on. We've seen that, you know, he can play under the bright lights. Um, last year, won at Bellarive. So I think this year, you know, Rube said there's going to, you need a lot of length to win at this course. And I think while Brooks might have lost a little bit with cutting that weight, you know, pretty in shape guy now, I think he's still going to compete. Um, I'm also taking a 2014 champion. He's my second favorite guy on the team, Rory McElroy. Um, Stayed away from Rory the past couple of years. I don't know why, but I feel good. Um, one at Valhalla in 2014. I'm taking, obviously, the best name in the sport, Xander Schauffele. I'm taking him. I think he's a great young golfer, and I think one of these days he's going to pull through, and I think it's going to be before Ricky Fowler. It's my third guy. Wow. That's just, that's just rude. Why is it rude? You know how we feel about Ricky on this show. I know. This is a pro-Ricky show. This is a pro Ricky show. I did give Ricky some love before, though, on the show, so it's okay. My Jared next has guy, a Ricky hat. That's how pro we are. We got him. We got Jared, our guest, some Ricky gear. I mean, Roop looks good in the hat. You know, I can't say the same. And you've got hair like mine. I don't. You can't be wearing hats all the time. <laughs> uh, my fourth guy, I'm not so sure, but the Trevor Bauer of golf, Bryson DeChambeau. Wow. Coming off at thirty to one right now. Uh, 25 to 1 I've seen on a couple different sites, but I think there's going to be a time where Bryson is going to fly to the top, and it might just be at the PGA this year. Um, He's my fourth guy. I didn't want to sell out all four golfers um, at the PGA, but I think my lineup, I would say, is pretty loaded in terms of the odds here. Um, You know, my first two tournaments were horrible, so I I think I'm going to take home some cash in this one, but I think I'm, you know, I, I need a top two golfer. I haven't had one yet been a brutal run but Bryson DeChambeau if he wins the tournament which is going to be at the top of the leaderboard so that's what I'm looking for hey I like the little love you gave and I feel like wits we've done 12 episodes here on the opening line Rube you've done a couple of episodes on both of our platforms but I've never gotten to give a good Chris Berman and I'm ready to give one because we're all on the Brooks baby because my number one pick is Brooks Kepka as well I just listened to PMT, which was arguably the best interview of any athlete I've heard on any podcast. He was absolutely hysterical. He is a chill guy. I would do nothing more to have an opportunity to have a beer with Brooks Kepka. He's my guy, number one. 
I'm going to stick with him. He drives the ball. He's been eating again, like he mentioned. So he's getting that power back. He's been working out a little bit again. So like you said, if he needs to drive it, he's going to be the guy that will do it. My least favorite, although I also have Jason Day with you, Jared, I'm going to take Hideki Matsuyama as my least favorite. It's a gamble pick. It's uh, Wits has used him as a gamble pick. I'm using him as a gamble pick. This is a guy that projects to be a top golfer, but for some reason has not shown us in recent weeks or years even that he can compete at the top of this. But you never know. He's got some skill. He could show up one of these majors, and I'd feel like a bum if I wasn't the guy who picked him at the major he showed up in to win. So just like your DeChambeau pick, Wits, I think Hideki Matsuyama, if he wins, I'm jumping this leaderboard, no questions asked. Um, but the rest of my team is Adam Scott and Jason Day, two two guys, again, who performed very well at the last major here at the Masters, and uh, they just kind of fell off towards the end. I think if they can put together a nice four rounds, we're going to be looking at top 10 finishes, maybe even a lucky top five, and I'll, uh, I'll be moving my way up the leaderboard. But Rube, now that we got our teams out there, just help us hey, break. Uh, you know what? I've got a question for Rube. Oh, right, wow. I'm going to play, I'm gonna play okay, host. Okay, Mr. Host. Look at you. Rube, I'm selling high on Tiger at the PGA. I haven't taken him in one of my lineups yet. Am I making a mistake in the PGA by not including Tiger in my lineup or saving him for either of the Opens a good play here for me? No, I think you're making the right call here because I think if well, I don't. First of all, I don't think you made a good call not including him at Augusta because that's basically his bread and butter that place. But if you had to pick from the next three, I think Pebble Beach is where he has his next best shot to win it, just from his track record there, winning by I think it was 15 strokes in the U.S. Open one time. So I think you're making a good call excluding him here. I could see Tiger having a rough week this week i hope it doesn't happen but just have a weird feeling that i don't know that the layoff might hurt him here and he won't play as well as people are expecting yeah i mean my thought is that you know i know a lot of people took him at augusta and i think a lot of people who haven't taken him already are going to take him this week so i'm going to i'm going to go against the grain a little bit um and i think i'm, I'm just going to sell high here i mean he's going off at eight to one he is the favorite right now to win the pga so for me you know, I'm thinking if he has a bad week, I think I'm putting myself in a, in a pretty decent position for all those people who haven't taken him yet. But I have been wrong before in these majors. So hopefully hopefully the tide turns a little bit this week starting tomorrow morning. Yeah, I don't, I'm not yeah, feeling fair. a whole lot of Tiger Woods either, by the way, if my opinion matters. Host wits. Not particularly anymore. I'm the judge, jury, and executioner of the show now. Only my opinion counts. And Ruben, we bring him on. Oh, yeah. We'll see. Maybe he'll play well, but I just don't really see it this week for Tiger. Who do you Small, see playing well? Are you? Is it? Is well, Brooks? If take away the the groupings and the team thing we have to do for our pool, give us your best take on the PGA Championship this week. And I know Brooks is your favorite, regardless of him being on your team or not. But who do you also see like hanging around at the top of the leaderboard, maybe having a good first thirty six and then falling off, or where do you see people kind of bouncing around? Uh, well, I got a couple other guys that I like kind of outside of what we w- went over on our picks here. Um, Tony Finau, a guy that's been pretty regularly in the hunt, hasn't gotten over the hump. Um, I think he is a guy that is going to be there. I don't think he's going to win, 
um, just because there's a couple other guys that I think are much better than him. But he hits the ball almost as far as anyone and has been in contention basically in every major since he's been on the PGA Tour. So I think looking at about 35-1 to 1 with Tony Finau would be a good pick. A um, couple other longer shots. I kind of like Bubba here. Don't really have any reasoning behind it, but I just have a feeling that with his length and be able to cut corners, a lot of sharp dog legs at Beth Page. So I think being able to cut the corner like Bubba is kind of used to doing um, could definitely be helpful for him here. Yeah, and Rube, what do you think about Jordan Spieth? I mean, this guy finished second in 2015 at the PGA. He's pretty been pretty out of sorts this year so far. Um, and this is a guy who was at the top top of golf you know just a few short years ago you know does he have a chance going off at 50 to 1 right now you know take home the title he's number 39 in the world right now yeah I wish I wish I could say yes I mean I've always been a big Jordan Spieth fan but something's just not right with his game right now and I'm just not comfortable taking him until he shows me anything that kind of looks like he's rounding back into form because it's really he hasn't even been close recently like he's put a couple of good rounds together here and there and in terms of a four round finish i don't think he's been even sniffing a lead in the last year pretty much well then if just because you talked about his game and you said it was something about his game are you sure it's his physicality and his skill or is it his mental fortitude like is he mentally just checked what is he becoming the biggest fluke golf scene i mean it's incredible how much he has fallen off since winning his majors it just it blows my mind. I can't say it's all his game. It's got to be a lot of mental, and he just can't get out of his own head. He's one of those guys you build the real estate and you set up in there, and it's stuck for a while. I mean, how do you fix that as a golfer? Yeah, I mean, it's hard. I, I, I don't think it's – I think it's way too early to just rule him out completely and call him a bust. But I think at this point, he's just got a lot to figure out still. So whether it's mental, physical, or both, which I'm sure it's a kind of a combination of the two. But just at this point, I mean, like you said, when once you get in your own head in golf, it's kind of hard to get out of it. I think Xander can attest to that a little bit. Um, <laughs> I haven't been out of my but, since I was 13 in golf. It's been a rough stretch. But, yeah, especially when you do that on the PGA Tour and some of, and all the, how good some of these guys are, if you – don't have confidence in what you're doing you're not going to make any sort of noise and i think that's where jordan is right now yeah totally fair now i've got a question for the entire party here everybody on the line this guy is probably one of the nicest guys ever i have no idea i don't want to take shots at his, his personal life or anything but i do want to call him the most annoying golfer on the pga tour because he's always in my way, whether it's in my gambling, on my pool teams, whatever it is, or letting me down on the only time I've ever picked him. But Francesco Molinari, somebody tell me where he's going to finish this week because I am so over his name always passing up my guys when I have not picked him. It, is, it blows my mind. He is around way too often. I need a miscut from this guy. Any chance that happens from either of your perspectives? For mine, I don't think there's any chance of a miscut. I think oh. this guy's just so consistent, and he's going to be there. I mean, the last year he's a top five player in the world, and I don't see that stopping anytime soon. So, unfortunately, Raj, I think you're going to have to deal with him for quite some time, it seems like. Yeah, I agree. I, I do not see Molinari missing the cut 
Um, I think that was a, definitely a disappointing finish at Augusta. But this is a guy who's, you know, he's been near the top of the leaderboard many times. And I think he's one of the best Irons players in the world right now. So I think this is a guy who I think will absolutely make the cut. Um, I said the same thing about Justin Rose at Augusta. That didn't work out so well. But I'm going I'm to agree with Rube. I've got a little more confidence that Rube feels the same way. Um, and hopefully we don't get another 12-hole accident on Sunday from Molinari. Um, but, yeah, I think he'll be in contention. I see a top 15 finish, but I don't think he's going to be in the top three at the end of the day. This Italian stallion, man, just does not get off the road. Um, well, neither of you helped me with that one. As now It seems like he's going to be a focus of my weekend. Wits, do you have any big underdogs? I mean, I'm looking here at the odds. I know we're about picking big lines here. I like Kepka at 10 to 1, which is not a big odd. And if I have to go low, I kind of like Adam Scott 50 to 1. I know he's on my team and it's kind of the only one that looks sexy. Maybe a Matt Kuchar 50 to 1. But Wits, who are you riding when you start putting the money on the sports book? Well, I'm going to take a guy who's inside the top 25 right now, number 23, Mark Leishman, uh, going off at 80 to 1, which I think, you know, taking a top 25 golfer at 80 to 1, I, I think pretty good money, pretty good odds there. You know, he was forced to withdraw from the AT&T Open last week due to some back issues, um, but it seems like he's ready to go for the PGA this week. I think it's, it's definitely a risky play, but not often that you find a top 25 player going off at 80 to 1. Uh, best finish at the PGA was tied for 12th back in 2013, so hasn't had a ton of success here. But I think here, here's a guy that you look for um, an 80 to one. I think it's a pretty good play to put your money on. Very fair. And Rube, any other picks? Any other course things you want us to know about? You're kind of our golf guy in the terms of like I have no idea what's going on at this course. I'm rooting for a course that doesn't allow for, like, minus 18s or, like, minus 17s. I want everyone to be hovering right around the even mark. Uh, is that something I'm going to be seeing this weekend, Rube? No, I think it all depends on the weather, really. I've actually played at that page before, not the black course, but a different one on the property. Um, and all I can tell you is Beth Page is very, very difficult, especially when they grow out the rough. Um, I know it's easy coming from someone like me saying it's hard, but, I mean, these guys have struggled here before, especially if it starts to rain and get windy. But I think with how good these guys are today, if the weather holds up and it doesn't really get windy, I think they'll still be double digits under par. Um, but you never know. The weather kind of keeps changing, so we'll see what it looks like, and we'll see if uh, the course can flex its muscles a little bit. Yeah, and a cu couple of interesting tidbits about the PGA here. This is the first time that the PGA Championship will take place in May since 1949, almost 70 years. Um, usually played as the last major of the season. So Beth Page Black, for those of you who don't know, is in Long Island, New York. Um, and this is the first time that Beth Page will be used to host the PGA Championship. Um, in 2002, 2009, the U.S. Opens were played here, and it's also scheduled to host the 2024 Ryder Cup. Uh, so a couple firsts here, um, something that hasn't happened in a long time with the PGA this early in the season. So it'll definitely be fun to watch. Um, but I, I agree with Rube. I think we're going to see a winner, you know, if not in the double digits, pretty darn close uh, this week at Beth Page. Sounds good to me, guys. You helped us out. Before we wrap up this golf, I've got two questions for the both of you to answer. We'll let the guest answer first, and we'll let Wits go right after. All you have to do is pick a name for these two categories. 
Who is your biggest sleeper? And then give me a top 10 lock pick. All right. Sleeper, I'm going to go Kevin Kisner. Uh, kind of a long shot at 100 to 1, I believe, right now. Um, a guy who's been way too consistent to be that low on the odds. I think, I think obviously, he contended at the Masters. He's been there at the Players. Um, I don't think he's going to win, but I think he's would be a value pick at like a, t- a top 10 finisher, a top 20 type of guy. Um, and my top 10 lock, I hate to keep going back to this guy, but Brooks Kepka, I think, I mean, I think he's the sh- basically the lock of the tournament to finish in the top 10. And I just don't see any way that he doesn't. Yeah. So my super sleeper, I'm going to go with Lucas Glover world ranking number 83 right now, but if you remember, Lucas won the 2009 U.S. Open at Beth Page Black. So going off at 100 to one, I think Lightning might strike twice here. Pretty long odds, but I think anybody who puts their money on Glover um, can be assured that he's not going to be intimidated by the challenges on this course. And then I also I love Brooks Kepka, but I'm going to go with another guy here as my top ten lock. I'm going to go with Rory McIlroy. Um, I think he just paints the course up and down this week, and uh, I see a top I see a top five finish for Rory coming into Sunday. Wow. I think that's a greedy pick on your part, Wits, but uh, I'm going to let that go as we now enter the next phase of this show. Rube, you're going to put your NBA cap on now, pull off that Ricky Fowler hat we were talking about, because we've got to talk about the new wave of NBA draft lottery and the Zion sweepstakes going down to the New Orleans Pelicans, who still at this point look like they're going to trade Anthony Davis, or at least Anthony Davis still wants to be traded. What are first takes on this lottery? Rube, we'll let you kick it off. Well, I got two opinions or two thoughts on it. One, the NBA, it worked for what they wanted to do. They wanted to create chaos and not, and not promote tanking, and it worked. So that's great for the NBA, but like, what what the hell is going on? Like, we've got teams all over the place picking basically up and down the draft board. I honestly can't stand the new lottery. I think it's 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 fine to have it to a certain extent, but basically, fourteen teams picking out of a hat to see who goes first. It just takes away from the point of the draft, which is getting the worst teams in the league, the best players from college. So great for the NBA because they accomplished their goal, but I just don't like the new format, and I think it's ridiculous. So you Wait, wait, wait. So you'd rather there be tanking than the ability to like have a better season where like teams are more competitive and it seems like teams want to at least make an effort at making the playoffs, not so much that we get to December and everyone's like, hey, we're done, let's pack it up, here's the suitcase. I'm going on vacation in a couple of months. I honestly don't have a problem with that. Like, that's just the way the draft should be. Like, if you don't have a good enough team, you should try and get a better pick in the draft. But now it's basically half the league has a chance. I mean, I know they did before, but basically anyone in the bottom 10 in the league more or less has pretty close of a chance to get that number one pick. And I just don't think that's fair. Sounds like it's coming from a Bulls fan. That and like a Cavs fan. I'm not going to say you're the Cavs person, but I've been hearing a lot of complaining since I went to school in Ohio. But I understand the Bulls did not end up with the best pick available. And uh, it'll be interesting to see where they go with that pick. 
But I think it's kind of cool, other than the fact that Wits, I do agree, because I know you have something to say about the New York Knicks. But I do think it would have been way cooler if Zion went to the Knicks. But screw it. Zion's got to prove himself somewhere, and I'm hoping he does it in New Orleans. I hope he proves himself at any point in the league or any time in his career. It's just uh, this guy looks like the most explosive man coming into the league since 2003. So I'm excited for wherever he goes. But it would have been fun seeing him in a Knicks uniform. Yeah, I mean, I have, I have a major beef with this draft lottery. I mean, Adam Silver, what's going on? I mean, New York Knicks have the chance at the number one pick, and this is how you're going to repay the league in New York with the number three. I mean, I think it's absolute baloney. David Stern would have never have let this happen. You know, if he was the commissioner, the Knicks would have the number one pick. Because he'd be Better. pulling the files. That no, cheating. And that's exactly what he should be doing. I mean, Zion going to New York, it would have this been. This isn't a, a movie, Wits. It's not scripted. It's got to be this weird anomaly of things to happen. Like, it's just, it's this not, is not a movie. You missed a word. It's not scripted anymore. And I right. think that's what we saw with the New Orleans Pelicans getting the first overall pick. But just a major miss for the NBA. I mean, Adam Silver's, what, what's going on? The Knicks had to get the number one pick. And now we're sitting here at the number three. I don't know. I don't even care who's going number three because it's not going to be Zion. It's not going to be John Morant. Um, it's going to be his teammate, RJ, who RJ. was a higher-ranked high school prospect. Yeah, I mean, guy who only made 27.8% of his two-point jumpers in the tournament. Uh, not so excited about him, but he did have the most points out of any freshman in, the, in ACC history. Uh, was a first-team All-American, so I guess things kind of worked out for him. But, yeah, this was just a... This was a miss by the NBA. They needed to have the Knicks get the number one pick. Um, and now, you know, Zion's just going to be stumbling around Bourbon Street, might not even make it to the first game. I think this is, this is a dangerous move by the NBA here. I, I want to make a really hot take real quick and a hot prediction. I see Zion and RJ both being stars on the Pelicans. I think the Lakers are going to trade that third pick for Anthony Davis and send a whole crop of players with it. But then they're going to draft Zion 1 and RJ 3, setting up an awesome duo in New Orleans. you think the Knicks really have the assets to make that happen? I think the Lakers do. Well, he's not on the, well, the Lakers. See, no, I said the Lakers yet. will trade their pick to the Pelicans okay. for Anthony Davis, and it'll fall into place that they draft both those guys. So you don't think well, the Knicks are going to take RJ I did. RJ's what I did realize four. is I did mess up the idea that the Lakers actually have the four. So if the Knicks pass on R.J. Barrett, and we've seen the Knicks pass on tons of players in the draft. They're one of those organizations that look like the Arizona Cardinals or some horrible NFL team, the Oakland Raiders, for example, that will pass on a guy for absolutely no reason. So it could happen. But I was just saying I'm thinking the Lakers are definitely going to use that new pick they're sitting at four to try to corral Anthony Davis this offseason. So that that was a that was a hot take turn cold. We'll forget about yeah, really it. Yeah, cold. really cold. Really cold. Yeah, so they botch the picks. Yeah, so there's basically no chance of that happening. So it was a good thought, but I don't think he's uh I don't think there's any way that RJ makes it past three. So yeah, I don't think so either. Um, and this kind of brings up the question. I mean, we were talking about Kevin Durant, and Kyrie coming to New York and playing with Zion, but Rube. You know, could the same thing happen just with R.J. Barrett instead of Zion Williamson here and with the Knicks? I think it for sure could. And I 
I don't know. I think RJ Barrett, I don't think he's as good as Zion, but I don't, I think the Knicks, once they get over the fact that they lost out on the number one, I think they're more hung up on that they're losing the number one pick. And they didn't really realize how good RJ Barrett is. Like, I know he had a bad few games in the tournament, but that guy can flat out score. So when he develops a jumper, I think if they end up with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving, that instantly will put the Knicks within the top, I'd say top four in the East right away. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with you there. I mean, Barrett, one thing about the guy, I mean, he does know how to score. And if the guy can develop, you know, just a better overall game as a shooter, I mean, you're pairing him with two pretty, pretty good shooters already if Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving were to come to the Knicks. Um, so I think I think it could be a really interesting trio. But, you know, Rube, what if John Morant is not taken with the number two pick? If you're the Knicks... Are you passing up on Morant in favor of Barrett, or are you going to stick with uh, John Morant, who I think is the is the second best prospect, you know, by far? Yeah, I think the Knicks' choice will be easy because wh- whoever's left of Morant and Barrett is basically who you have to take. Um, I think the Knicks would be fine with either of them, um, but I, I think. At this point, I'd probably rather have John Morant just because of his explosiveness and kind of all-around game. But I don't think either of those – I think the Knicks will be fine with either of those guys and they'll be able to fit kind of into what they're trying to do going forward, especially pairing them with two superstars potentially. I don't think you could pair Morant with Kyrie, though. I think you've seen Kyrie already struggled alone with other superstars on his team and not having the crown. And if you put him with another point guard that you project to be a superstar, I could see him getting rattled by that. I think it's R.J. Barrett or Bust for them. I don't think they're going to pass on that at, at all. And I don't think they'd go John Morant because they have these plans for Kyrie Irving. Obviously, nothing is certain, and obviously nothing, nothing is certain with Kyrie Irving. But... I just can't see John Morant being the answer in New York. Quick fun fact, Rachel Nichols, great ESPN commentator, said Zion's reaction was priceless, that Zion looked like he had been hit by a truck when he saw the Pelicans get the number one. Not a great start if you're a Pelicans fan, hearing that Zion's not too thrilled to be going to Bourbon Street. Yeah, maybe this is a, a little Eli Manning drama when he demanded the trade out of San Diego. Wouldn't mind seeing that. I think I think that's a I think you guys are or whoever said that's kind of full of it. I think he was as surprised as everyone else because they had a five percent chance to get the number one pick. I think that's reading way too much into something that's probably not a story at all. Wow. Then Brian Windhorse, the co host to Rachel Nichols sort Windy going, could Zion really snub the Pelicans and return to Duke? He explains the deranged yet real possibility of Zion Williamson returning to Duke instead of entering the NBA. Would that not be the biggest story of all time? That would be a very large story, but I think Wendy's getting a little too big for his britches here. Um, I think he needs to stay focused on LeBron because uh, that's really the only thing he's covered, I think, is his tenure as a commentator. On ESPN, I, I do not think that's going to happen. Yeah, Wendy should go back. Uh, Wendy should go back to telling us what LeBron had for breakfast. I don't think he needs to start getting <laughs> into these conspiracy theories. <laughs> the the Wendy brunch special. That's what uh, that's what should, the new HBO show should be with LeBron. I mean, I think, he's got more shows than God. So if he gives Wendy one picking breakfast, that'd be uh, that'd be entertaining. And Wendy looks like he's had a couple breakfasts. Brunch with Brian. Yeah, one, one or two. 
<laughs> yeah. So it looks like Zion's going to the Pelicans. Anybody, give me a little bit Bulls love, you Chicagoans. Is there anything sitting down? I believe they have the seventh pick. Anything sexy at seven? I mean, this seems, if there were to be a loaded draft class, this seems like the loaded draft class. Yeah, I mean, I'm seeing a couple things right now that maybe Kobe White is somebody that the Bulls might take at number seven. Um, and with guys like Chris Dunn, Zach Levine, uh, in the backcourt right now for the Bulls. I think Kobe White could be an interesting addition there. I mean, you know, the leading scorer in the history of North Carolina high school basketball scored huge, big as a freshman at UNC. Um, this guy was a sub-20 prospect, though, in the class of 2018. So, I think, you know, to pass Michael Jordan on the school's freshman scoring list in early March um, and play such a big role, which he did for North Carolina, you know, 6'5", Shooting guard is what he's really considered. I think he showed the ability to make a lot of plays, and it could could be an interesting addition to a Bulls team that's you know not going to compete, but you know baby steps. I'll give you my honest opinion on the Bulls. I think it's a freaking mess, and I don't think they're going anywhere anytime soon. Nothing really excites me in this draft now that they're out of the top three. I think they'll take someone, might do a little bit on the stat sheet, but they'll be right back here again next year probably get the seventh pick again and just be in basketball NBA hell, which is exactly where the bulls are right now. You're making this sound as purgatory as possible for the, for the bulls. Well, I'm I'm, I'm a huge bulls fan. I have been for all my life. They're probably my second favorite team to follow behind the Cubs, but it's just, there's no guys that excite me on that team. There's no one in the draft that really excites me. So I think we'll be right back here next year talking about the same thing. (laughs) <laughs> poor Chicago it seems like Michael left and you guys have not been graced with anything I mean you guys literally were tickled and got excited about the Derrick Rose situation but then his career fell off like a dumpster fire um, any quick picks on the two series we've got coming up in the NBA we've got the Raptors and Bucks who've already kicked off here tonight and we've got the Warriors already have one game in the Western Conference Finals. Any anything shocking you think is going to go down in these two series? Uh, I don't think anything shocking. I mean, if you listen to Wits at all the past couple of weeks, he told you Golden State was going to take it in six from Houston, and he told you that they were just going to roll over Portland um, in the Western Conference Finals. So you know, after that first game, you know, it looks like the Warriors. I think are clearly the better team, and they're going to take this series. And at most six games, I think it's going to happen in five. Then on the other side. I mean, can we give a little love to Kawhi Leonard first for that miraculous shot uh, in Game 7 versus the 76ers? But I think the Bucks and Giannis are going to be too much. Really excited to see the matchup between the two superstars and Kawhi and Giannis. But I think it's going to be Bucks warriors uh, for the title. Yeah, I think in the, on the Western side, I think the conference finals kind of already happened. Um with the Warriors and the Rockets last round. I don't think, I think Portland's a good team, but I don't think they're any match for the Warriors, even without Kevin Durant. Like, I think Kevin Durant could sit till the finals and they'll still win in, in five, I want to say. The Eastern series is a little bit more intriguing. I'm going to say the Bucks in seven, but that's solely just because of how good Kawhi Leonard is. I think that guy is probably a top three, four player in the league. Um, and he showed it, obviously, last round against Philadelphia. So I think he's just going to will them to get to seven games. But I think in the end of the day, 
with the way the Bucks are set up with Giannis and all those shooters that they have, I think they'll prevail. But it'll be a, I think it'll be a long, tight series. Great first takes. We've got an eight-point lead for the Raptors heading into the half. It looks like there's still 45 seconds left in the second quarter. Uh, for me, the Warriors are going to blow out Dame and the Trailblazers. It's going to hurt me because I'm a big Dame guy right now. Um, I wish there was some miraculous struck, like strike of lightning that would help this situation, but I don't think it's going to happen. Um, Giannis seems like the guy. I, I know they're trailing right now, but like you said, I think we might actually have a good season or series between these two teams. Um, I'm going to go with the Bucks as well, though, in six or seven. Uh, but that's pretty much all we got. Rube, thanks for coming on today. Any parting words for our uh, PGA listeners or the rest of our listeners? Uh, no, not really. Enjoy the golf. Hopefully, uh, we have another exciting tournament. Obviously, the Masters was probably the most exciting golf tournament we've had in a long time, so it might be hard to follow that up, but a lot of great players, and it should be good. Hell yeah, and we'll we'll be excited to have you back for the U.S. Open. Wits, any parting words, Mr. Host? <laughs> it, was, it was good to finally feel like a host again this week. Uh, thanks for coming on, Rube. Gonna have a real exciting tournament, and then obviously, if, if you like basketball at all, we get you know two conference finals, so it should be a very, very entertaining weekend. Um, yeah, so just enjoy it. Sounds good to me. You know where to find us, everybody. We are on every platform from iTunes to Spreakers to Spotify. Listen to us. Go ahead and leave us a review. We've got a bunch of reviews. We still got to answer next week. But it's always a pleasure seeing and reading those. Thanks for the good ratings and everything. Hit us up on Instagram. We're at Xander Horwitz and at Ethan Rose 4. DM us questions there if you'd like. Follow along. See what we're up to. You know I'm living that cool L.A. lifestyle. But uh, that's all the time we have this week, everybody. This has been the opening line with Wits and Roz plus Ruth. And uh, we'll catch you next week, everybody. Have a good weekend. Yeah, yeah. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.